This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly. Well, those of you who are longtime listeners to the program know that we have a green blogger series. Today, I'm going to be interviewing not quite a green blogger, but more like the granddaddy of many of the green bloggers that you've met on this program. (laughs) David Anderson is the founder and former publisher of Green Options Media, a network of green blogs that includes Gas2, Clean Technica, Sustainablog, Eco's Child's Play, Planet Save, and many others. David first started his blog on the nexus of energy and environmental issues in 2006 and is focused exclusively on renewable energy sustainability, green business, and environmental politics ever since. He graduated with honors from the University of California at San Diego with degrees in political science, international relations, and sociology, and minors in biology and law. He lives in San Francisco and tries to stop thinking about creating scalable change long enough each week to eat, sleep, and play some ultimate Frisbee. And I can attest to that because I've had to almost drag him out of his offices at times to uh, to do things. He's a hard worker. So first of all, David, welcome to the program. Thanks a lot, Sean. (laughs) Well, you really are the guy behind the guys. I mean, you're the guy behind the scenes, and I really respect this about you. You've built a a wonderful network of of very important blogs, uh, really industry-leading environmental blogs at Green Options. And you you did it on, you know, I think originally on a shoestring budget, and you haven't taken a lot of public credit, almost none, really. Um, And a lot of people don't even really know know your name, and so I thought it would be great to, um, to, you know, have people get a chance to meet you and hear the story. Well, I really appreciate that, Sean. Um, I yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not much of a blogger myself. I mean, I'm I'm I consider myself a good writer, but I was told in college when I was uh, writing for my sociology classes, I was actually told by TAs that I write like a political scientist. Which in that, <laughs> Is that context, good or bad? In, in that context, was probably a, a compliment. But if you translate that to actual blogging, it's pretty much the antithesis of what a, a good blog is. So you'll see a post here or there from me. But in general, I've been uh, kind of on the business side trying to figure out uh, the, the back end of how a blog network work works uh, with the uh, the media environment today. So that's that's where my focus has been. But I, I, I appreciate the kudos for it. Yeah. Well, certainly. I mean, it's certainly no small task to do, to do that side of it. What, what I always like to hear is the story, and this is a particularly interesting story. I've heard elements of it, but I don't know that I've, I've really heard it from the beginning myself. Uh, right. So, so tell, me, tell me the story of David Anderson and how you first got into doing um, the, the, both blogging and also putting together Green Options Media. Okay, so uh, my, I mean, my focus was always on um, green stuff coming out of college, and I knew I, I kind of had to go into business to, to have the type of effect I wanted to have because I had worked at a nonprofit um, as, as part of my college studies and just saw really ambitious, awesome people just get shut down by um, the environment that they were working in because they were working in a nonprofit format where they had to spend you know, 80% of their time trying, uh, trying to fundraise. 
Um, and so I knew I wanted to start some kind of business coming out of college. Um, and, and luckily, uh, my father was able to, to uh, give me at least the basic seed money to, to start that out. Um, and which you know I, I appreciate to no end. What I originally wanted to start doing was I, I created this really awesome model in my head about how to connect consumers with uh, with providers of renewable energy and other kind of uh, cutting edge services um, that would really drive the sustainability movement forward. So from from the end of college, I was um, creating this idea in my head for a a platform that would allow that to happen, which would basically allow people to get information about things they didn't know about much easier and then, and then act on that by, um, you know, solar panels or other sustainable products. And so I was working on that concept um, back in 2006, um, and I had started my blog just to kind of start networking and then that kind of thing in the space. And I met a few other bloggers um, who... Uh, were kind of along the the same entrepreneurial lines as myself had a, had a similar mindset to myself and uh, Jeff uh, McIntyre Strasberg the uh, the creator of Sustainablog and Shay Gunther um, who's another kind of prominent blogger out there who's written for many different blogs but definitely a professional blogger yeah, both of whom have actually been guests on this program as well yep that's right but we um, we decided to to come together and try and put these the the uh, connection idea, this this business idea that I had um, into some kind of context, and both of them being bloggers, we decided that the best way to kind of set the stage for that, while the kind of more expensive technology was being planned and built, was to start a blog that then this this service that I was wanted to create would get rolled into, and um, so we started the blog, and it kind of started to take off and do really well, and. Um, and the service itself was just kind of stayed as my baby and was kind of being planned on the side. And we started to build it on the side, but then realized that it really had to be its own service. And so we started pursuing that kind of in the background um, as a website that would eventually become Renewsal, um, a, a separate brand. Um, but the blog network kind of took off on its own. Or sorry, it started as a blog, but eventually became a blog network as it, as it uh, started to take off. And that's uh, this kind of fracture in my uh, in my entrepreneurial vision um, seemed like an odd thing at the time because I had wanted I started out wanting to pursue this essentially a web application that would generate leads for for businesses um, and ended up with a a blog network that you know I, I had good experience running because I had been you know in it from the beginning but I hadn't been blogging for more than you know maybe six months or a year f since before we started Green Options so for the blogging side of it I was really relying on the expertise of of Jeff and Shay um, after about a year of run running Green Options and right about the time when we started a blog network um, Shay decided to move on and Jeff Jeff took the like the senior editor role that kind of he ran the entire editorial side while I was kind of running the business side of green options and also um, running the uh, development of Renewsal. Um, and so essentially what we ended up with was a, a really good uh, division of labor between Jeff on the front end of things and myself on the back end um, just run, running the business side. Um, around that time, uh, one of our writers, who happened to be a friend of mine from um, elementary school, actually, Clayton Cornell, wow. uh, just really started to figure out how to um, promote the content that he was writing, how to get people to really engage with it and um, to, to really rack up some page views. And it, about the point uh, when his writer payment um, for a month 
uh, got, you know, 30 or 40% past the, the meager salary, um, that we were paying ourselves, Jeff and, and myself, uh-huh. I just decided, you know, what, Clayton, you need to come on and, and take a staff position with green options and teach the other bloggers in this kind of decentralized model that we're creating, how to do the same things you're doing. So that's when Clayton came on and became the managing editor of green options. And was that just the blogging side or are we also talking about like social media promotion and things like that? Um, both. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I mean, they're, they're kind of, in most cases, um, how you create the blog, how you structure it, how you format it is, is pretty intimately tied with how you promote it also. And so Clayton kind of figured out like a holistic strategy, both for how, how to frame the topics that people were writing about, um, and then how to actually present them. And then on top of that, um, how to market them effectively. So there's really like a, a multi-step strategy that he um, kind of really just kind of figured out through his own hard work and and uh, and perseverance, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, over time, you know, he he took that position around the middle of last year, and and over time, he's uh, I would say built one of the uh, most effective skill sets that there is out there. There are really not that many people, maybe a community of, you know, a hundred or at most a thousand people worldwide who, who have this skill set. And it's been really, really interesting to, to uh, watch him be effective. Um, and that's, like you mentioned, that's a lot of why I kind of sit in the background um, quite a bit because it's, for me, it's more just kind of setting up the, the conditions for other people to thrive. And that's, that's been the story of green options from the beginning. Okay, so what what do uh, you do day to day? What are your primary duties? Uh, well, and I won't ask about right now because I want to save that for after the break and talk about Vergence and what you're doing there. But um, uh-huh. but without getting ahead of myself, there I wanted to find out within the green options during this time of building it up, what were what was really occupying? Are you dealing with like web developers or are you know uh-huh. just dealing with the internal management? Yeah, so I was doing. I was basically doing everything that's not the editorial side. I was doing um, business development, uh, product development, and then literally just business management, um, you know, the, all the HR and payroll and writer payments and, you know, every, everything that is actually necessary to, uh, to run the details of a company is, is what I was doing because we weren't funded at a level that would allow, um, you know, allow us to have multiple assistants and that type of thing. It was really just the few of us who were um, in either our virtual office or later a real office, um, you know, trying, trying to make it happen. So I was doing all of that while the editorial side, which is... I would say just calling calling it the editorial side is about as much work as all of the things I just mentioned to, that together comprise the, the, the quote-unquote business side of things. Well, and I think this story is a real inspiration to people that are um, blogging out there or you know, even developing web-based businesses of any kind. That It was very ambitious, ambitious. You guys did it in a very short time span. I mean, we're talking about just the last couple of years for people that are listening. I don't know if people listening and heard those dates that, that David mentioned, but he's talking about like 2006 and then yeah. it started, started to take off in 2007. Well, here we are, you know, just barely into 2009 and you guys have already uh, been acquired by another company, which uh, again, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, uh, but uh, you know, things have really gone well for you. So what, what would you say, you know, was the secret to your success? Um, well, I, I think, I think, it is kind of shown in the fact that it has been such a small time period that the, the key is, especially for these types of small um, businesses, is agility and being able to, to make uh, changes, you know, relatively on the fly. You know, that's, 
That said, we've always been short-staffed um, from a technical perspective, so making um, little technical changes I see as uh, a, a different thing than being able to make strategic decisions on the fly. Within the span of um, you know, every three to six months, we were reevaluating our entire strategy, figuring out um, what the where the big holes were, and that's kind of what led to the formation of the blog network overall. We spent from February 2007 is when GreenOptions.com as a single site launched, and we we launched as a blog network, basically an entire iteration of our business model um, in November of 2007 at GreenFest in San Francisco. So, um, and then we had basically a a similar iteration between um, November of 2007 when we launched the blog network with just three blogs um, to um, the end of June, which is when we launched our, our 15th blog. Um, wow. You know, every every three months we were um, performing a new iteration of our writer payment system, which is basically which basically determines the um, the company's solvency overall. So that was, you know, constantly there were, uh, that that there was that evaluation happening, and and those changes have to be made relatively quickly in order to for something um, this small to survive. I mean, that's that's just a lesson I learned from. You know the iterative model of software development um, overall, and I think it applies to startups just as uh, just as well. Right, and the monetization of the content is that's the real trick for a, a lot of people that are running blogs or any type of web business mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. around content. Is, is how how to do that effectively, bring on and pay good writers, keep them around. Um, yeah, and, and there's also it's interesting in the environmental movement because there's almost a stigma attached to actually making money. Like, hey, if you're making money, like we we all need to bleed, right? <laughs> but like, yeah. you, you know, if you're making money, it's not you're not really a legitimate environmental list, yeah. environmentalist or environmental content yeah. person. I have which is, I have a real problem with that um, that kind of mindset because when I think about the term sustainability, I, I mean, and I think about it in a business sense because I've, I've had to as a person with, you know, who's had people's payroll on my back for the last two years, uh, was that profitability or, or sustainability mean essentially the same thing when, when you're in that context. Where really, the, where the, the distinction really comes in is when you start talking about high levels of profitability and what is enough profitability. I think until you're a profitable company, there there can be no no other focus than getting to, to that level of financial sustainability for the company. Otherwise, you're always going to have the people who are working for you working in an insecure situation. It's it's really once you get past the just the do, the first dollar past profitability that you really have to start thinking about where the line is drawn with respect to greed or any of the other uh, kind of uh, concepts that are associated uh, with the word profit by most in the kind of activist community. That's um, that that's a, a distinction that I don't think is is made enough um, because a little bit of profitability in a sustainable manner uh, is I I just can't see anything wrong with that. Business is the engine of change in our society on the scale that we need. There is no other engine of change that, that can reach that scale in our society. And people like Van Jones, some of, you know, one of the greatest activists there is, um, and, and someone who I've championed for a long time, explicitly acknowledges that you know, anytime you ask him and in his book that, yeah, I'm an activist, but, but look, where, look where we've gotten in the past 40 or 50 years. You know, there are such powerful interests at play here um, that you really have to fight fire with fire. And, and, and if you don't, you're kind of missing the forest for the trees, at least in my opinion. Yeah, well, I totally agree. I'd even take it a step farther to say that, you know, the sustainability, as you said, is, has to do with financial as well. And, you know, it's an alternate 
sense of the term, but you, I think what we're all looking for is, is, is leverage and ability to make, to make change requires power. And unfortunately, in the society that we live in, power is measured greatly by the amount of uh, financial resources that you have. It controls and limits. Yep. It's not the only thing we have, but it certainly well, doesn't hurt. And that's so, absolutely true. You know, and so if you have that, you have the ability to actually affect change. And I don't think that they're, you know, that making money and being greedy are equated often, but they're not because you can you can be a profitable company and do good. And we, you know, we saw that certainly with Google in the beginning, beginning saying our mantra is, you know, do no evil. Yeah, and don't. Be evil. Of course, I'll leave it up to others to determine whether or not they've held true to that. But you know, certainly sure. it's it's nice to see that there are these socially conscious companies that are saying, well, no matter how well we do you know, good or bad, like we have a foundation that we're going to hold to. And that foundation includes, you know, ideas, concepts of social justice and, and um, contributing back to the, our local community, contributing back to the world at large. And, and, you know, it's, it's nice to see that it's a, it's a big change in the business world. Yeah. I, I mean, I, th- I think the, the big distinction that we have to make as social entrepreneurs is the difference between profit and profiteering. That's uh, when you, you know, when you look at, who gets held up as the examples of corporate excess, those people are profiteering and, and they justify it in the name of pr- profit and in the name of just having a healthy business. But we really have to work on creating a, a commonly accepted difference between uh, a sustainable, profitable company, a, a profitable social enterprise that, that you know, works with its community, um, really helps out the people who work for it. And, and a business that's really just set up with the sole intention of driving profit. And that's really, that's really the driving force between the triple bo- behind the triple bottom line movement. And you know, I, I completely applaud that. I think that um, the, the problem with people who just get really, really hung up on what they're doing um, themselves and aren't thinking about ways to scale this to mainstream society, that to me it feels like, a, at least in some sense, a cop-out because – it's it's awesome when you take responsibility over your own over your own life, but at the same time, we have to start taking responsibility over all of society. And if we and we don't find ways to help drive change for all of society, you're really just removing yourself from the problem and leaving ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the problem. And I, I don't think that's really a, a sustainable way to to deal with the problems that we have right now. Agreed, and and that's a topic among others that's covered on another Green Options Media property that I'd be remiss in not mentioning, which is ecopreneurist.com. For absolutely, yeah. So definitely check that out. And we're going to take a quick break right here. We're talking with David Anderson. He's the founder and former publisher of Green. Options Media, whose properties include Ecopreneurist, Gas2, Clean Technica, Sustainablog, Eco's Child's Play, and many others. We got they're up. You're up to 15 now, I think you said, right, David? Yep. Yeah. So we'll be right back talking with David more about not only Green Options Media, but also the new organization that has acquired that company, Vergence, and his role there as COO. We'll be right back on Green Talk Radio. Thanks, everyone. We're back on Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly talking today with David Anderson, my good friend at Green Options Media and now Vergence, who owns the company. And he is the founder and former publisher of Green Options Media and now serving as the chief operating officer at Vergence. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, before I go any farther, I want to make sure people know the URLs that you can find out. If you want to follow David on Twitter, he's at twitter.com slash David Ryle, R-Y-A-L. Did I pronounce that right? Is it Ryle? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, I didn't know it was Ryle or Ryle. That's your middle yeah. name, right? Is that right? That's my middle name. My mom was a huge fan of a uh, Canadian activist from the 1800s named Louis Rayal. 
who uh, kind of helped uh, help the, the Canadian Indians rebel against the Queen. And so... Uh, uh, you were tagged as an activist at birth, literally. <laughs> exactly. At, at birth by my mom. Wow. Um, she decided to bastardize the name, but it's it's a unique middle name that has served me well throughout my life. That's, that's great. And and uh, also want to mention virgins.com, V-I-R-G-A-N-C-E.com. And that's a reference, I believe, to the Star Wars of Virgins in the Force. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Exactly. The, when the, the line that where a, a virgins in the force is mentioned, um, he's actually referring to a, a powerful force that he feels, but he can't tell whether it's good or evil. He knows that the force could be used for either. And obviously, in the Star Wars movies, a, a big meme is is you know whether uh, whether the the power of the force is more effectively used um, for the dark side or, or for good. And that's that's what the reference was to is that this this technological revolution that we've had of connecting people through social networking um, and and all of the technologies that we have. Um, could be used for good, but right now they're mostly used for evil. When you're when you're sitting on Facebook and selling your friends back and forth, or uh, doing other useless things, I, I won't say scrabulous is useless, but there are many other useless ways to spend your time online. Um, we're working under the assumption that there are also many uh, many ways to spend your time online doing good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I think it's just always cool in any business. I'm for any business that has a Star Wars reference in their name. So, yeah. <laughs> well, so, so I'd love to just talk about bringing you forward. So now you you um, the 15 blogs are out. You guys are catching major momentum, getting picked up, uh, getting front page digs constantly. I, I think you guys are in the hundreds in terms of that, which is amazing. And and then at some point, this other company, Virgins, tell us about that, uh, how that first came about now that you can talk about it, um, that meeting uh, with those founders and why that was a good fit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I had been talking with the founder of Virgins for quite a while. He had actually been an advisor for us for quite a while. Um, Steve Newcomb, um, who is one of the founders of, of a, a search engine called PowerSet, um, which was kind of a big deal in Silicon Valley a couple of years ago. And it was sold to Microsoft, I believe. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. They they were coming. They had bought this technology from DARPA um, around semantic search, and were working on building a search engine around it. And um, they, you know, they were, were kind of billed as like a potential Google killer. They they had an article in the New York Times about it. Um, but they eventually got sold to Microsoft. And, and around the time when that happened, um, Steve, um, who was their COO um, and one of their founders. Um, kind of had his own um, green epiphany about, you know, up, up to that point in his life that one of his greatest accomplishments was getting entirely free, 100% covered health care for everyone in his startup, you know, his 100-person startup or something like that. And he, he helped a lot of families in doing that. And then someone told him, that's great, but what are you doing for the other, you know, 50 million families out there um, in the U.S. and, and billions around the world? And he, and he kind of that gave him pause, obviously, and that's that's where Virgence kind of came from. So um, when he started Virgence, he found a, another. He you know he was an entrepreneur, died in the wool, never really thought about being an activist. He found an activist um, who had never really thought about being an entrepreneur until he came up with a business idea, um, and that idea was that of the carrot mob, which is 
uh, essentially a, a way to harness collective consumer power to drive business to change in socially responsible ways. Um, and when Steve saw um, saw that idea and its and its creator Brent Shulkin, um, it kind of ended up as, as a, a yin and yang type relationship with one being an entrepreneur turned activist and one being an activist that was um, would eventually learn the ways of, of the entrepreneur. And that was the circumstances under which I, I met them um, when we were working at Green Options and. And trying to grow our little blog network, um, so Steve started advising us just kind of on business issues, you know, things, um, you know, our, our our stock and things like that. Um, and over time, I started to see that that Virgins, um, uh, you know, had a really powerful concept behind it around the the ability to um, give people actionable ways to make a difference online, um, you know, beyond just signing petitions that don't really have any effect or. Um, you know, having people join your causes cause on on Facebook, um, which you know they call it activism two dot and or an activism with a business model sort of. Yeah, yeah, activism two point is kind of a, a kind of a buzzword that that doesn't necessarily mean too much, but it, it is <laughs> most, you know, most buzzwords don't, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. The, the the key really is that um, you know we we want to have campaigns that. Um, are self-sustaining and, and don't you know have to be fundraised for constantly and don't have to be in a constant state of uncertainty about whether they're going to be able to continue and continue to grow particularly. Uh, and so I, I saw that concept around giving people things to do online that, that would really help make a difference. And I saw the compatibility there between that and what Green Options does, which is provide information for people. That had always been something that um, you know, was kind of my purpose in in starting Renewsal was giving someone, giving people ways to actually change their behavior rather than just information. And and Renewsal didn't end up um, working out as a business um, entirely, but the concept of what I wanted to do there was mirrored exactly in what Virgence was already doing. Luckily, Green Options was was you know kind of getting a great reputation for for giving people really good. Um, information but we didn't have a lot that we could tell people to do in terms of action beyond that and so I think that's where the marriage really comes is being able to attract people based on giving them kind of optimistic and interesting information about what's going on out there in any niche that they themselves are already interested in that's why we've separated our titles into you know an automotive blog and a home and family blog uh, and a clean tech blog is to, to give people those kind of um, entrances into the world of sustainability in in ways that they're already familiar with and, and really already identify with. But we could only give them the information side of it. We could start to change attitudes, but Virgins really brings the ability to actually do something about it. And that's where I see the um, our, our primary compatibility line. That's what really drew me to the, to the relationship between us. I'm curious about this connection between information provision as Green Options Media does and activism. Can we expect changes in Green Option Media to be, become more sort of activist focused as a result of the, the, the Virgins acquisition? Um, I think you will see that over time. We've made a commitment um, to keep um, the function of Green Options as it is um, for uh, at least the early part uh, of, uh, of this year. Um, there's definitely plans in the works for an, an updated version of what we do and um, particularly expansion along the topics that we cover. Uh, and, you know, even um, changes in our model um, potentially down the road, you know, come summer or fall. Uh, but I, I think 
overall, um, you probably won't see that much right now. The the thing that we really want to avoid is having is is the the perception that you know green options blogs are just shilling for for Virgin's campaigns. Sure. And so I think if we do integrate. Um, you know, promotion of the things that, that Virgins is doing um, on the blogs. It'll be in a very kind of clear, uh, you know, separated box or something like that where it'll be very obvious what's happening. Um, we don't have immediate plans to do that, uh, but the potential is, is you know, 1,000% there. And, and my intention in, in making the acquisition happen was to make sure that a year or two from now, the um, the concepts of how you get information to people and how you get them to to act to to create change um, will be very intricately linked. You know, it probably won't happen in the next few months, but um, over time, as we build out um, Virgins' technology and their campaigns, you will see that start to happen. I'd love to give people a concrete example too on the uh, Virgins side, specifically about Care. Absolutely. Um, because I was fascinated when I when I was reading about what they did, and I, I met you guys at the uh, I was at the, the sort of the uh, uh, I don't know how, what to call it, the, uh, the coming out. We're, we're actually you know, <laughs> doing this show between Virgins and Green Options Media. But it was really fascinating about how, how the business model they're putting around it and how it sort of makes sense both, I think, from a, the activist standpoint and also from a financial standpoint for businesses that are involved. So you want to you wanna give us the lowdown on, on the Carrot Mob? Absolutely. I'll start with the Carrot Mob and then quickly run through the other campaigns that Virgins has going and has in the pipeline. Um, but with, with Carrot Mob, it was kind of the, the original idea. And, and internally here in the office, we think of Carrot Mob as um, it is a specific campaign, but it's also kind of the generic idea of how we want Virgins campaigns to run, where it's essentially finding ways to um, organize people in, in more effective ways using online technology to, to change business behavior and every campaign that that Virgins does um, you know ha has that kind of piece behind it what what care mobs specifically do are allow people to to organize to get multiple companies or businesses of the same type to um, give a commitment to say look if we get a ton of people to come and patronize your establishment on a day when it would normally be pretty quiet um, what percentage of the revenues from from our efforts would you put towards changing your behavior either upgrading the efficiency of your lighting or you know some some major investment in um, in going green or becoming more sustainable and then the um, out of that the uh, business that you know commits to the most of uh, the highest percentage of their revenues or, or whatever it is will get the uh, the patronage of the carrot mob and and so it's a very you know it's a very simple concept it, it uses um, it, it uses positive incentives rather than any type of, of stick and um, it's really it creates a win-win-win situation ah, that's that's the carrot now I get it okay that's yeah. the carrot mob We're, they're holding exactly. the carrot that, that like is that. The, the point of the carrot and at some point in the future you know there are certain problems that can really only be solved with a stick and carrot mob is never going to touch those um, one of the requirements of all versions campaigns um, beyond carrot mob too is that they uh, use positive change to to affect their change rather than um, any kind of controversial or uh, or um, you know, punishing behavior um, towards people who are doing bad. There's a lot of groups out there who already effectively use sticks, um, and 
in maybe maybe in the future in some form but right now the the requirement for every virgins campaign is that it work it plays well with business it plays well with government and it plays well with, with consumers so that um, there's so that all interests are always aligned whenever um, you uh, whenever we're trying to scale a campaign fascinating and so has this been successful so far with carrot mob do you have any sort of a case study or example of a, um, of a particular I think there was a solar um, bent to this in the in the, the beginning has it has it gone from solar into other things um, okay so w- within carrot mob there um, have, has never been any specific solar piece um, that's when I alluded to all versions campaigns having some kind of carrot mobby feel mm-hmm. um, that's actually the primary example is the the actually the largest virgins campaign right now is a program called one block off the grid um, it's at onebog.org um, and they basically act as a, a group purchasing club for solar panels um, they gather people in a particular area when it gets to a critical mass of people say over a hundred people or so who have signed up with an interest in, in getting solar if the conditions were right. Mm-hmm. And then on, on behalf of those 100 people, Virgins uh, negotiates um, with installers, puts out an RFP for any installer in the area, um, negotiates with them to get a discount on behalf of the uh, behalf of the group, and then chooses the installer with the lowest price and, and the best set of benefits to the consumers um, to, um, to get all those consumers installed with solar. Um, and for Virgins, it makes sense because um, all of the value that we provide in uh, in creating that group and, and giving them uh, the, the peace of mind to know they're getting the right deal from a good installer with quality equipment and all that, um, you know, Virgins creates that value, gets a referral fee that keeps our business running, um, and creates tons of business for particular installers out there um, who are able to help scale the industry and gives the consumer uh, you know, a, a very solid buying experience for something that, quite frankly, very few consumers know, know anything about. I mean, at, solar at this point is like trying to buy a car back in 1906. It's just <laughs> There's no established brand that, that people really know to go to. Um, it's a big ticket purchase, and and people are just quite frankly scared because when they start to get quotes about for a solar panel system, they've got four installers each telling them that they they have the best price, they have the best deal, and and installers in in this industry have learned that they have to play hardball to to win because it's been such a competitive low margin industry for so long. Um, and so there's really a need for this kind of this kind of uh, helpful middleman to come in and, and um, give people the peace of mind about what they're buying. This is my this is my opportunity in this moment to say and to give a shout out to somebody who you know it's like when you have a buddy that knows cars and helps you not get screwed by the car dealer. Uh-huh. Yeah, up. exactly. Well, I, I know a guy like that, and he's written for the Green Living Ideas site. And this guy Kevin Byrne was that for us, who who led us through the whole process and was more focused about energy efficiency than even he didn't even want to talk solar until we. We straightened out our, you know, all right. the leaching and the, you know, the uh, getting rid of, you know, basically being more efficient with the use of our energy mm-hmm. and, uh, before. And, and so anyway, his name's Kevin Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E. And if anybody out there business, he does a lot of business installations and he's one of those guys who's more concerned about your wallet than you are. Yeah, Sean, that's that's ex- exactly what uh, One Block Off the Grid is trying to replicate. I mean, every family who would like to go solar and would like to evaluate that um, needs someone like your friend to, to come in and help them. And, you know, we, we can't send um, that person out to every house, um, but we can help people start the process through One Block Off the Grid. That's great. Now, is, is Virgins is San Francisco only right now. Is that correct? 
Vergence is based in San Francisco, but One Block Off the Grid campaigns are um, ha are running throughout the Bay Area. Um, then there's also been one launched in Los Angeles, and we're currently launching um, San Diego as well, um, and uh, along with that, New Orleans also. And the New Orleans campaign was one that kind of sprung up on its own. There were, a critical mass was was achieved of people signing up um, just because of some press that, that happened there. Um, and so whenever we have enough people in a city, we will go in and, and start the negotiation process with solar installers there. Right, listen, I know that you've uh, got other things you need to do back to your uh, operations uh, duties there at, at Vergence. Uh, so we certainly appreciate you being on the show with us today and telling us the story. And much uh, congratulations to you for all the success at Green Options Media. And we look forward to uh, seeing more from you uh, with your role at Vergence. Thanks so much, Sean. Thanks for all your help along the way. And, and I'm so glad that uh, Jeff is allowing you to, uh, to syndicate things to, uh, to sustain a blog a, a, as we go. I, I think it's, it's great that we can, we can work together and I hope we can continue to do so in the future. Absolutely. And for everybody who is out there, uh, wants to check out more about Virgence, they're online at virgence.com, V-I-R-G-A-N-C-E, Green Options and its properties can be found at greenoptions.com and all the different URLs for the 15 blogs that David has helped build there. Uh, and lastly, if you want to follow David on Twitter, he's on there as at David Rial, R-Y-A-L, or for those who aren't as twitty, Twitter savvy, that would be twitter.com slash David Rial. I want to thank everybody as always for listening in. We really appreciate you doing that. And we hope that you found the information today valuable. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.